Orb presents Showdown at Cremation Creek Part 2. This is Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And this is the end of the end of the second end of the early end. More like awfully wedded. There we go. Because they're they're villains, yeah. Or uh, because they love all alls. Ooh, the, the, those things that puncture metal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, who doesn't? Or you know, a, a, a Hawaiian punch can. If you're in a pinch, okay. You know, <laughs> you gotta you gotta punch yeah. open a Hawaiian punch can. You keep open a Hawaiian punch. Uh, yeah. uh, you keep open. You keep an owl an owl around for a Hawaiian punch. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking about getting back into canned juice, mm. the canned juice of my youth. Yeah, canned, uh, just a canned pineapple juice. Don't talk about yeah. why, but just just be chugging just, that stuff and smiling and look like at the, people. Like a metal flavored soda you could have. It's <laughs> 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 like a really unique taste. Like mm. We're like drinking the bottom out of a can of fruit. Whoa. As heavy kid, syrup, just, heavy like, syrup. Like, yeah, heavy syrup and heavy lead <laughs> all on the same swig. Mm. Um, yeah, this is the the end of season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we're we're the, the uh, big shakeups, big attempts. We got we got uh, we got Phantom Limb uh, coming at the king. Yeah, and uh, he does miss. He does. Um, yeah. In terms of the the show, we have this episode. Then we're going to do a uh, a wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode um we do we do feedback on the show yeah we do People yeah right in their I, thoughts I, yeah. I put i put out the call for the responses last uh last time honestly this it's probably too late by the time people hear this yeah uh that's true just because uh we're getting a, a headlog yes a headlog we might put out the call on twitter or something possibly mm-hmm. we'll figure something out maybe um yeah. But we'll we'll be doing a, a wrap up episode where we talk about our thoughts on the season and talk about the DVD special features. Mm-hmm. Get that uh, tour of the start. Astro Base. Yeah, I love that the hydration station. <laughs> um, and then uh, before we start season three, uh, yeah, I don't had I don't know who's going to guest on season three. Yeah, uh, started the show with, with guests lined up for first couple seasons. Yeah, and then, and then I don't know that many Venture Brothers friends. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Gwen will be back. Oh sure. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that's basically what I got. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let, let's, uh, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let, let's, let's move, let's move right along. Uh, this one, uh, like the previous, previous episode written by Jackson public and doc hammer originally aired in October 15th of 2006. I was still an adult at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Still he, he hadn't, he hadn't Benjamin buttoned yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, we talked about the kind of the premise, you know, listen to the last episode if you haven't, um, this episode was very difficult for them. The first episode got hit, struck by lightning mm-hmm. on the way. This episode was a nightmare for the production team because there are so many crowd shots and there is an entire like action scene that takes place in a canyon, yeah. which is, you know, some MCU shit. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is pretty ambitious in terms of action. Yes. Yeah. And they had to make up stuff and hold cloth and revisions and do like, you know, just like a late night thumbnailing and stuff. It's a uh, it's hard. Like animation takes mm-hmm. a long time, and especially if you end up in a time crunch, um, it sucks to be yeah. there. Yeah. So I could just I could re I could feel the uh 
feel the panic when I read them talking about just, you know, two whole weeks of trying to rescue this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, there was a completely different ending at one point where mm-hmm. the fate of phantom limb was more decisive. Um, it was cut and changed for time, but that ended up being good because we get the revenge society <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that shows up. Yeah. Um, and this ends with a pretty infamous cliffhanger, the kind of shit that they stopped doing, uh, for the show. Yeah. Um, where they, they leave a uh, doctor girlfriend and the monarch. Um, unlike later seasons, the big status quo changes kind mm-hmm. of show up in, are not as hinted at like the hints in this episode about those are a little bit minor. And then the new status quo stuff is really set up in the next episode yeah. in the premiere, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to season one, like the boys died season two, a lot of the boys died or season three <laughs> rather, you know, they, they have these kind of big sea changes here. It ends with like a literal cliffhanger yeah. kind of moment, heavily implying that Dr. Girlfriend is Pregante. Yeah. Uh, also and, not the word. Uh, she is uh, <laughs> indeed not. Right. Right. Um, uh, the the way that they talk about it, like they didn't know what it was going to be, what they said at the end. They knew they knew the conclusion that people would draw. But like by the time they recorded the commentary and, you know, by the time they were working on the beginning of season three, they they knew for sure that it wasn't going to be, you know, now all of a sudden we've got a little pupa running around. Right. Yeah. It'd be, I don't, I don't want to see Dr. Girlfriend give birth. No. Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, so, so it ends up being, they, they feel really bad about that. It's kind of like mm-hmm. a narrative cheat to just yes. like cast that line into the water without having a, an end to that parentheses, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, it, uh, you know, the payoff being very underwhelming, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, the, dr- you know, dramaturgical dodge they do. Yes. Um, you know, so I, they're disappointed. And I also think it's pretty lame. Yeah. It's it's funny uh, watching this one because I'm so used to watching uh, this episode with the last one is all one part. Yeah. Um, I like part two a lot less than I like part one of this. Same. Um, I like this, but I just, just, you know, and there's lots of great moments, but part one feels very golden to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this ditches that kind of hangout <clears throat> vibe for, you know, action and like, to me, when I enjoy action in the Venture Brothers, it's Brock Sampson being over the top. Yeah. Um, it's if the, you know, the people fighting aren't Brock Sampson, I tend not to care that much. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot to latch on to. There's a lot of movement in this episode, but like the interesting stuff is just kind of like it's already happened and it's resolving of its own momentum. Kind of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it ends up being a stand like very weird as a standalone episode. Mm hmm. Um, it's also the last episode that was, uh, aired in standard definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also the last episode of the podcast that's going to air in standard definition. So look out for 4k. <laughs> orb. Look, uh, look out for those uncompressed flax. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, we're going to send out some flax, some orbises. Yeah. Uh, you you know, can, orb finally on orbis. You can put this that. on your Pono, your Neil Young's Pono. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, let's, uh, oh, and the commentary is also, uh, not very useful, mm-hmm. uh, during it, but we do get, uh, Doc Hammer championing Dean yes, and just, just loving Dean and letting in, like he's the suicide girls love Dean yeah. and love, uh, you know, Mike, uh, center Nichol- Nicholas. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they met some suicide girls at a convention and those yeah. tattooed pierced ladies are like, we love Dean. So, yeah. Man, they, they just the, what an artifact of the mid 2000s that they're just suicide <laughs> girls roving about. Yep. <laughs> like, 
Um, oh man! The, uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we open up with uh, our cold open uh, is just a gag. It's a fast forward previously on. Where he just does a couple of frames for him of uh, of every scene from the previous episode, and it ends with you know with Phantom Lamb giving his directive, you know, call off the wedding or everybody in the cocoon dies. But he has no intention of yeah. letting anybody live. Yeah, uh, you know, the monarch is trying to freak down, calm down the crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, so he he's like, "Am I married yet?" Uh, and Iggy Pop, who is one of Bowie's uh, henchmen mm-hmm. in this, um, assures him that they have it covered. Yes. Yeah, we have you covered, Bowie. Um, Brock sends Hank to go get Dean, try not to get killed. Yeah. And getting... not ta- torturing a monstroso with Snapple facts. <laughs> yeah, uh, getting everything set up. And we have the Phantom Limb and the Monarch uh, taunting each other, you know, uh, saying like, oh, gosh, this is really sad. You coming back. Can't you take no for an answer? Um, and Dr. Girlfriend, Gr- Dr. Girlfriend steps up with a little bit more authority saying, just go home. Uh, and he yeah. fires back with some classic, some classical sexism, saying, "Ah, oh, yes, this is your irrationality. It's the handicap of your sex, or something like that." Because yeah, Phantom like Limb is, brain. yeah, is a, is yeah. is a is a, is a real uh real dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, this isn't a great time for the monarch treating that girlfriend with tons of agency either. Mm-hmm. But Phantom Limb is worse. Yeah, um, Phantom Limb plays his trump card here, which he orders uh, Klaus and Iggy to betray Bowie. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, Klaus Nomi kind of inflates like Banshee <laughs> yep. uh, and sc- screams. And Iggy Pop can create magical orbs like Boom Boom <laughs> from the X Men. <laughs> Wait, for Boom some Boom? What air is Boom Boom from? <laughs> <laughs> boom Boom, aka Boomer, aka Meltdown, Tabitha. Okay. Uh, I can't remember her last name. I was doing good for a minute. Uh, uh-huh. she, she was a new mutant. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Remember X Force? Yeah. Kind of. I, I saw those covers. Yeah. Yeah, she was she was in uh, Next Wave mm. for some reason, which is a, a funny comic. Did, did, does um, does Iggy Pop have songs about orbs? Uh, no, I think it's just the fact that his last name is Pop. Pop. Oh, so okay. just so they can Maybe. kind of blow it up at the end. Yeah, gotcha. But uh, yeah, Iggy Pop is uh, is you know, he's at the end of his rope. He says, 30 years taking orders from you, man. Thirty years of playing the idiot. Now you're gonna be my dog." Uh, and pretty much all of the battle banter is just references to or lyrics from songs uh, that yes. uh, are related to uh, the, the, these uh, these artists. <laughs> yes. So the idiot is a, a very famous and good uh, mm-hmm. Iggy Pop album, and then uh, I want to be your dog, famous Stooges song. Yeah. Um, Close screams uh, at Bowie mm-hmm. uh, here, but the uh, but the, when he turns into a pack of cigarettes, it's because Bowie catches Iggy's orb. Mm-hmm. And then Iggy goes pop, and that's mm. what turns uh, Bowie. Gotcha. Kind of blows him away. I think the implication is supposed to be that they think he's dead and he dropped his cigarettes. Yes, we don't find out until later. They turned him into a pack of you know he's he's is shapeshifted. He, yeah, he's, he disguised himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, Iggy takes the smokes. <laughs> free smokes. Yeah. Uh, the monarch says, "You know, you I'll get the one dressed up as Taco. You take Spicoli." <laughs> Yeah, um, well, the, good, good little uh, fast yeah. times reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Claus attacks Monarch, and they have a little a uh, little slap fight. It's real pathetic. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of momentum to it. I, like, what is this arm made of plastic? You know, because it, it was. Yeah, if he thinks it's up to the bow tie, which spins, it's like a little yeah. propeller thing. So dumb. Did Klaus Nomi have a spinning bow tie? Was that part of his thing? It did not spin. 
Okay. But this outfit he's wearing is the Klaus Nomi outfit. Yeah, spinning bow tie would be like a Dr. Demento kind of thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, or a Dr. Detroit kind of thing. Hmm. Um, I, lo- I love uh, Brock and, and Iggy Pop. It's a surprisingly good matchup. Yep. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> well, just like... well, Iggy's swinging a, swinging a piano leg around. Yeah, like, <laughs> just like very like feral uh, and stuff. But the, the henchmen uh, end up getting the upper hand mm-hmm. and leave with Dr. Girlfriend. Right. Um, then we enter in the absolutely bizarre B plot before the pretty nothing. weird C plot. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh-huh. And it, it accomplishes the goal of getting Pete and Billy uh, right. into the finale mm-hmm. of a sort. Um, you know, he's, uh, Dean is trapped. The engine room only goes one way mm-hmm. and everything's, uh, uh, chaotic. So he can't get anybody on the radio. Brock and Hank and his dad, Henry Allen Venture. Uh, I think this might be first appearance of Hank's middle name. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, he sits down, he's depressed, but he sees a, like a pudding tab ring, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. Speaking of canned fruit, um, <laughs> and he pretends that it is a magical ring and this is all, just him this is what he does when he's really stressed out yeah he's going to pretend land i thought the implication was that he was um that like this was engine fumes or something like this causing him to hallucinate but by the end of the episode it's very clear like brock even says like oh yeah he gets like this all all the time don't worry uh there's also was a bunch there are a bunch of conspiracy theories that this was not a hallucination because when one of the one of the crowd scenes Mm -hmm. one of the characters from this shows up in it just because it was an animation goof oh yeah yeah Yeah. so they're just like oh maybe it's real like there was there was i remember when this episode came out Mm -hmm. message boards being intolerable so people (laughs) who think that the internet just got bad right right uh, it is not true no no it's kind of always been our downfall yeah yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they should probably be worried that he uh, dissociates like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when he finds this ring, he is uh, kind of rescued, you know, found by his hero, mm-hmm. uh, giant boy detective, who is played by Billy Quizboy. Yes. In this. Coming uh, in saying, you Dean, know. you are the chosen one. Yeah. And, you know, he's very disappointed by how, you know, because uh, using Billy Quizboy, who is, is a little person, mm-hmm. um, you know, as Giant Boy Detective just makes him like eight feet tall. In the book, they call him Large Boy Detective. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, the books, he's, <laughs> yeah. in the books, he's taller than a lighthouse. Like. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Which is such a, is a very, Giant Boy Detective is a funny idea. The idea of like <laughs> a gargantuan detective, because that would make things really tough. It would. Yeah. Think of how many you know? crime scenes he would just obliterate by yeah, accident. Yeah, you'd, you'd be trying to put down like the, the hair and the spit on the door, mm-hmm. you know, but oh. you'd be doing it with tweezers and like... <laughs> yeah just uh i mean it speaks volumes of how good of a detective he actually is is the thing I mean, batman's the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. but we haven't seen the world's biggest detective <laughs> <laughs> we, we need the comparison yeah God. world's big, big man world's biggest detective is a very funny idea <laughs> uh but uh uh giant boy detective you know says oh if you think i'm if you think i'm disappointing clifford clifford the big red dog he's like one of those little purse dogs he's more pink than red (laughs) yeah 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 uh clifford being a big red dog from comics he's a big red menace this is more more of a more of a uh kids book illustrated like uh, a picture book kind of thing i was thinking of marmaduke yes 
who is who is a big red dog, but not the big red dog. Right. He's not bigger than a house, although Clifford's no. size is wildly inconsistent from picture to picture. Yeah. Um, I love uh, this whole bit with the Order of the Triad trying to fly the jet. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, from last episode, I want the alchemist to be my best friend. Like, yep. take the coordinates from your amulet and put them in the flight computer. <laughs> He's just trying to help. It's so good. He's in the back. Uh, and they've got Nyinyub as the co-pilot. He's like, you know, again, talking about how he should kill him. Yeah, no, should we kill him? Like, we, he might be like an abomination or something. Unless he's made of dead people, it's still murder. Right, right. Uh, you know, they're trying to take off. Uh, Brock starts, you know, Brock wants to leave eventually, but then, uh, you know, the, the monarch says, or at first the monarch says, we have to rescue Dr. Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So then he he gets on board. He's like, okay, let's do this. Yeah, and he snaps into uh, full-on operative mode. He starts ordering people around, uh, you know, trying mm-hmm. to get the uh, get the cocoon mobilized, but the monarch is uh, uh, resentful of this. Right. This- it's like a play resentful. Yeah. This this is full of the monarch uh, kind of winking at Brock and Doc mm-hmm. at this point. Like, this is this is like a monarch, Doc, monarch, Brock friend episode almost. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're not at each other's throats, and they actually end up working pretty well together. <laughs> like, Brock yeah. does a really good job of uh, commanding these forces, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he, you know, he does does an excellent job. It's it's full of like, uh, you know, you know, go to hell and thanks. Yeah, you know that kind yeah. of like action movie mm-hmm. uh, cliche. Yeah, um, which they do a couple a few times too many. I think in the episode it's a little bit weird, but again they yeah. have a lot to do and tons of time. They just also had to do a never ending story parody that's ten minutes long. Yeah, that adds nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it adds a little bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, uh, Brock is making fun of him because magenta is his battle mode color, That's, uh, which yeah. is funny. Uh, the uh, Rusty is eating some wedding cake of course. Uh, on the command seat. This <laughs> uh, is very, like, you know, casual rust. Yeah. Um, and over in the, uh, the, the Sovereign's flagship, we've got uh, Dr. Girlfriend barging in on Phantom Limb. Uh, at, you know, and she asks, like, hey, are you crazy? Are you going to sink your entire career over this petty little feud? You stole the Sovereign's entire army. Um, yeah. And Phantom Limb drops a little bomb here saying, oh, I think the Sovereign's going to be fine because the Sovereign is me. Um, almost yeah. played for, like, haha, he's been the, the Sovereign the whole time. No, no, he's just usurped it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the, this uh, when she's talking to him and Iggy and Klaus in the background are just constantly giggling. Yep, <laughs> like that is very. It's like, what the fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> uh, um, so he orders the strangers to attack, and everybody. Uh, we get to see this fun scene of all the different escape ships. Mm-hmm. You know, which he which he lets leave, and there's a Tron ship in there. I love the yeah, the the it's Tron fun. like uh, line sailor or whatever it is that uh, the Atari had a guy uh, pilots. Uh, the cocoon uh, takes off because it is the pride of the poison sky. <laughs> and uh, as they're they're flying down, Rusty uh, criticizes the fact that it's a cocoon, yeah, you know, as opposed to having butterfly being butterfly shaped, since right. butterflies also fly and cocoons don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to, yeah. just calling calling into question the entire premise of it. Um, I love this comedy beat with twenty four, you know, addressing the troops yeah. in the briefing room and whatever. Like, okay, how many of you are suicidal? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, half of the people raise their hands. And then, after that, he goes, oh, geez, 
how many of you like change? <laughs> He's like, just like real, like a warm them up yeah. energy without any. Uh, and when 21 introduces Brock, he says, give him the respect you were supposed to give 24. Yeah. Uh, which I like a lot. And I love henchman Brock. Yeah. Um, like he walks know, the, in like scraping along the walls with like the claws that he has there. It's like, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, you know, he basically points out like, I, you know, I've beat on many of you in the past. They all rush to forgive him, mm-hmm. uh, including the guy who had his face tattooed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, because it, they respect him, they're afraid of him, but they, they, they know that he gets results. Yeah. Same, same energy as the luchador saluting when, uh, or yeah. clapping when he dropped his pants. Like uh-huh. Brock Sampson is irresistible. Right. Yeah. Uh, no one you'd rather have in a foxhole, you know? And he yeah. says, hey, you know, you guys are pretty, you know, individually, you know, a, a kid could beat any one of you. But, you know, together as a swarm, it could be dangerous. He says, welcome to Big Boy Town. Today, you're no longer butterflies. You're murder flies. You're murder flies. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's really you're rousing. Swarm. <laughs> you can be dangerous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of made him yeah. sound like uh, uh, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got you for three minutes of rock time. Um, <laughs> 21 24 say they can't fly in. They've just got a cocoon and a Nissan stanza. Yeah. Uh, Brock is, is you know, upset about the wings. And, you know, he's like, well, what about the wings? These are just, for, these are for showing, not blowing. Uh, 24 says. But then it turns out they do work. Yes. Um, yeah. They've just never known. Yeah. 21 is like, nobody tells me anything. <laughs> Like, would have been really useful a lot of times, but now they can fly, and it sets up the uh, the canyon trench fight that we're going to have here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, this is where Hank rushes in, mm-hmm. uh, still dressed up in the the Russian Gaiovich thing without the the goatee, mm-hmm. um, but ask if he can join. He wants yeah. to fight as well, and Brock says this time is too dangerous. Right, you know, no way. True, like you know, it's not play. Uh, you know, Phantom yeah. Limb is not uh, not playing a game here, right? It's like a real miracle that the boys don't die <laughs> Yeah, during during this episode. And they still have the clone card, so I'm kind of surprised they didn't, you know. Everybody mm-hmm. basically gets off scot-free except for Phantom Limb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love Hank's live when he gets denied. Why must you be the screen door of my submarine, Brock? <laughs> I I never even, like, I only knew about that as a Polish joke. Which Same? Which used to be a thing when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? Um, which now, like, I'm not... I'm not minimizing it at all, but now it seems really quaint. Yeah. Like it's just a, in the, it's a the, real the face of like nonstop hate crimes. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not Polish and I don't really know an awful lot of people who are, you know, vocally Polish. I've never bounced one of these off of them just to see. Uh, but yes, it mm. does feel like quaint seventies uncle humor more than anything. I'm not. Yeah. Again, not, yeah, to, minimize not to minimize it, but just like in yeah. terms of, I mean, and yeah, you know, Proud Boy is st- stationing snipers in the parking garages in my downtown. Right, right. You yeah, know. no, um, yeah. yeah, but uh, but just which uh, happened. Just <laughs> no, no, I'm not exaggerating. Trying to keep that, people either in or out. Their mission is very unclear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but just saying, like, oh, you just you, you keep you got to keep on keep on sabotaging me, don't you, Brock? Um, yeah. Back in Fantasy World, we have uh, the disembodied head of the princess. This is Triana with longer hair um, mm-hmm. speaking, you know, the prophecy of the boy savior who would rescue the people of Insectia, right? Yep. Uh, Dean is dressed as a Treyu yep. from the never ending story. 
And uh, Giant Boy Detective introduces uh, him to Pete White, who is the Great White Oracle. Um, this is this is I love this banter between them. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you got to promise not to be judgmental. I'm not judgmental. Oh, you're the one who always rolls up the windows when we're going through a bad neighborhood. <laughs> I love Pete White being like, "Well, am I doing it now? <laughs> like, just like, is this the the right time mm-hmm. uh, for this?" Um, and then Rusty uh, is like this kind of rat scientist who is another character from Neverending Story. Yeah. Um, who I'm trying to, I'm having a hard time remembering because it's been a minute since I've seen. Yeah, this is the um, point where I admit that I've never seen the Neverending Story. I've just gotten all of it through osmosis. Like a like oh, a, like, like a horse dies and the kid screams on Dude, top of a, a dragon. Die? Yeah. Oh yeah, does a horse die? Yeah. Um. You gotta see Neverending Story, dude. Do I? Uh, really? It's pretty good. There's a rock biter. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's basically what Final Fantasy Adva- Tactics Advanced is. Yeah. See, I don't like, like cool Final Fantasy Tactics Advanced's story at all, really. Well, it's, it's, not... it's, it's horse shit. Yeah. Uh, but it's good in, when it's like a 90-minute movie. Yeah. it's And also, it's probably good when you're nine. So. <laughs> yeah, when you're nine in a 90-minute movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. there's just a bunch of weird surreal ass imagery like yeah yeah i think here's the thing that i think you would like about it. okay i don't want to spend too long on this okay but it does he does go through like a fairly well-imagined world where details suggest cooler world outside the frame mm. so so it has a little bit of like not Dark Souls appeal, because it's, it's not the same <laughs> quit, kind of bleakness. Quit, quit pandering to me. <laughs> it's a little bit like the House of Leaves. Okay, okay. If the yeah. House of Leaves took place in the Dark Tower. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's like, you, you know, you go through the swamps of sorrow or whatever, and you get these cool badass shots yeah, of the swamps yeah. of sorrow. Mm-hmm. And you get to think about, like, shit, what's going on with those swamps of sorrow? Yeah. But see, here's the other thing. I could use that time and watch Nobody. Like, that looks pretty cool. Well, yeah. But man, the Southern <laughs> Oracle is too gigantic. Like, fucking, the, there, are, there are things you would like about it. Okay, but you, okay. should watch, you should watch Nobody. Okay. But there, there are things in the NeverEnding Story that are stand-up. Okay. I think. I believe um, you. <laughs> but I also want to see Nobody, so I can't. Right, right. You countered me. Check and mate. So, so, uh... You know, he's being introduced here. Rusty, the scientist, uh, is saying, like, you know, he's probably, you know, a wuss. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to be no good. Doesn't believe in him. He's um, undercutting him. This is this is yeah. how Dean sees his dad, right? Yeah. Uh, and he insists that he is the chosen one. Um, he has the ring of power. He goes to show this off, and it falls off. Just a like, kind of comedy beat. But again, this is mostly just like, hey, kids, look. Yeah. A uh, yeah. never-ending story and a little bit of banter between uh, Pete and Billy. Mm-hmm. Um. We got Brock uh, deploying the the butterflies in waves from the cocoon. Um, Hank is just trying to sneak in as Russian Gaiovich, but since they deploy in waves, uh, he stops. And Brock, you know, doesn't recognize you know, where it? you're from, soldier. <laughs> I am exchange henchman. <laughs> yeah, from foreign country, Russian Gaiovich. He's like, well, you picked a hell of a day. Yeah, just goes along with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and after he falls out, Brock has to catch him and then, you know, his mustache falls off. So the disguise doesn't, uh, doesn't do much of anything. Um, and then we get into the, uh, the epic aerial battle between the henchmen and the strangers helicopters. It's, I don't understand how the henchmen are doing, like doing anything. Yeah. Like Brock is good at leading them. You know, he's like, you know, don't clump up like a mm-hmm. JB soccer team. Yeah. You use know? the cannons he's, cover. He's giving them all yeah. This- 
all this advice, but they're just shooting like cock guns. It looks like. Yeah, they're they're uh, they're cocking up the uh, the windshields of the helicopters. Yeah. It just looks like silly string on there. Like it looks mm-hmm. like you can clearly see through it. The most effective thing they show is a bunch of them smashing on the windshield like bugs. Yeah, <laughs> um, and one of them that is dying that gets thrown into the rotor. <laughs> of a helicopter later. Yeah, uh, by Brock. Oh. But it's it's weird because they they talked about you know how they have this fully stocked armory, but they just shoot, you know, uh, twenty one ha- or twenty four has uh, M80s, yeah, yeah, and then you know, and none of them ever go off. There's a scene in the background where he's got one lit right in front of his face for a long conversation. <laughs> it's just like, man, that's gonna blow up. That's a quarter stick dynamite, dude. Yeah, that's that's no good. Uh, well, but they don't use any of that stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, Sergeant Hatcher probably cheaped out on the materials. Yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Russian Gaiovich, uh, as he falls through his goatee <laughs> and uh, mask falls off, Brock catches him and notices that he's Hank. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, over in the flagship, Iggy wants to fight. You know, he's he, he's itching. Yeah. He's a street walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. Uh, I know that yeah. one. Opening lines of uh, Search and Destroy. Good ass song. Yeah. No, that's a good song. Um, you know, uh, and, uh, Phantom turns him down and says he has to protect, uh, protect Dr. Girlfriend. Yes. Um, Dr. Girlfriend slowly puts together what we've put together. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Phantom can't be the sovereign. Um, she's seen him be chewed out by the sovereign. And yes. this is where he says, you know, this is a power play. He gave himself a, a promotion. He's learned to mix business with pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, the wedding job was not only to get Dr. Girlfriend back, but don't have so much ego because it was also to, uh, to take over the guild. Play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To uh, to take out Bowie, the true sovereign, which uh, Doctor yes. Girlfriend just put you know just now puts together, like she just figured he was you know a nice higher up. <laughs> so yep. yeah, uh, outside they basically pull the same joke from uh, uh, what is it, the Fallen Arches, where Twenty One is unable to fly a maneuver uh, on yeah. the on the wings. Uh, and this is where they have the conversation about uh, about the henchman being sucked through the uh, the engine. Uh, 24 believes that's just a myth that that can't actually happen. Wait, it sounded like he, like he's, they're talking about different units. He's like, you know, unit A is mostly on fire. Yeah. And he's, he says, I thought you guys were the ones who were sucked through an engine. And he mm-hmm. says, that's an urban myth. It wasn't about whether people can be sucked through an engine. It's like whether it happened. In oh, the canyon. whether, whether, oh, it's, no, it's like whether because they survived, then, I think is the, uh, is the urban myth, which we've talked about. We've talked about the guy who well, got no, sucked no, through the engine and survived, right? What you're talking about makes way more sense than what's in the show. Yeah. Because he says, uh, it's it's really I watched it a couple of times. It it makes no right. sense. <laughs> Twenty one is like I thought you guys were like not referring to just anybody, referring to a specific unit, right? Of the henchmen were sucked through the engine and survived. And he says that's an urban myth. And then he replies and says you can't start an urban myth with flying guys in the Grand Canyon. I think maybe he's like, he's talking he's not, about it just like oh how can that become an urban myth so quickly that just happens. So he's not referring to the like urban myth of it right. happening in real life on the ground this is uh, like i i kind of hate this exchange like yeah part of part of what drives me nuts about this episode is that it points it does feel rushed yeah and there's so much stuff i could have cut they they even just they they even say that like a lot of this stuff is like improvised like uh like an exchange you know just like oh here's an exchange that we're gonna have in between uh kind of our comedy duo here um i think they just were probably a little bit too lax about letting stuff in like letting it fly yeah 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 it just it just ends up feeling like a weird filler 
Yeah. You know, and then when you also end up having these like drag ass scenes, like Dr. Girlfriend putting together that Phantom Limb took over the position, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so yeah, just kind of, uh, it's just strange. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Iggy Pop goes outside to have a cigarette. He pulls out his uh, pack of cigarettes, which is a reference to like specific cigarettes that David Bowie smoked. In and his, in his thin white movie. Duke phase, right? He, yep. Okay. Yep, during the Berlin time. Uh, when he pulls out one cigarette that has David Bowie's head on it, mm-hmm. that just says, hello, I'm David Bowie, <laughs> uh, which I love. And then uh, says, make way for the homo superior from uh, Oh, You Little Things, mm-hmm. or Oh, You Pretty Things, and takes Iggy out. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> elsewhere, a henchman dies in Brock's arms. Uh, these five yeah. minutes under your command have been the proudest of my career. <laughs> then he coughs it's a bunch of blood funny. on his face. And then, like, Brock kind of nods and throws him into a rotor, <laughs> uh, which I, I just love. That's uh, oh, really good. Um, Hank, uh, you know, Brock yells at Hank. He's like, you know, you're in this. You may as well do it. You know, you have bogeys on your 10 and 2. Mm-hmm. Take the shot. And he does. And it does a ricochet onto a Looney Tunes rock. Yeah. Like, very specifically a, a rock that would fall on Wiley E. Coyote, it feels like. Yeah, like, it's a gigantic rock suspended on a little rock. And he shoots the uh, the little rock. And it falls over onto onto one of the choppers, and we get the uh, the yeah. Star Wars great shot, kid. That was one in a million, you know. Lots of Star Wars going on this episode. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, get that out of our system and not and not have that in season three, which will be nice. Yeah, uh, we cut over to Fantasyland, where uh, <laughs> the monarch is this mechanical mantis wasp guy who is having the orphans turn his engine uh-huh. turn me on <laughs> it's like a very good, funny performance to me yeah well I, uh, I love the design on this uh like this fantasy version of the of the monarch not just because it looks like zorak rest in peace C, uh mm-hmm. c martin croaker um uh, mm-hmm. god i fucking love zorak so much uh but yeah. uh but also like it looks like sinister <laughs> it looks really yeah. evil yeah it's what Dean thinks of when he thinks of these costumed yeah. people, but he's like in play mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I love, and I, I do this, you know, as much as I don't like the fantasy subplot that much, I do love this exchange, <laughs> you know, where he's like, he's just like, ah, yes, the only one who could drive a stake through my black heart. Um, <laughs> and Dean just like stabbing other places and him react like. Cuts, cuts, know, cuts off a limb. Dick. That was a sexual organ. <laughs> ah, <laughs> just my black heart and then dean figures out and he's like oh <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, you know you finally learned the riddle of my black heart <laughs> but he stabs the heart absorbs the monarch's power and uh uh, uh frees the kids and attacks the machinery and starts like you know uh, on on you know venting about his dad you know just saying yeah. like oh you know this is for you know this is for x this is for y this is for kids who are brought to these terrible situations situations by a father who doesn't care about them and stuff it ends on a pretty real note <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it, it's what shows that he's not you know that he's actually working through some stuff yes um the cocoon loses power and uh the monarch orders him to go investigate the engine room he doesn't want to go down there because it's spooky uh that's ken plume yep uh doing the voice of that so i uh, got a little cameo there uh and then you know rusty's like you do you pay these people Mm-hmm. Well, uh, do you want to see my escape cocoon? Yeah, kind of real quiet. Like he's gonna abandon ship. <laughs> it's. I just. I love that. Uh, you know, Monarch's like, okay, okay, I'm gonna get out of here, but I'm specifically going to save Rusty. Like he does mm-hmm. not need to do that. I think that is very yeah, sweet that he does. Yeah, in this one. <laughs> huh. uh, Iggy, uh, Iggy Pop in quotes sneaks up on Klaus Nomi. 
Uh, Klaus tries to do a scream attack, but Iggy covers his mouth and he explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like this. Yeah. Uh, it just pops like uh, like Cthulhu. Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, Fandel immediately knows this is Bowie. Yeah. Um, yeah. They fight. Bowie shapes shifts through different forms, including uh, Phantom Limb and Brock mm-hmm. uh, here. And Brock and Hank, you know, their whole plan was to cut off the head, you know, watch the body die, but they can't get into the flagship. Yeah. It's too, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to, <laughs> to stab in with a knife. Uh, 24 <laughs> yeah. has an M80. Yeah. Well, 21, um, he was, he was jettisoning uh, ballast. So he, he, <laughs> that's why he threw away the bolt cutters. He also threw away yeah. his shoes and his certs. Yeah, you didn't see me throwing out certs. Uh, the X one, however, buzzes them mm-hmm. at this point. Um, you know, because the because they got Ninyub, mm-hmm. uh piloting, who knew yeah. how to do it. Yeah, you know, and Al, Al and Jefferson, they have to remind Doctor Orpheus, we do not have magic powers. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, can't you uh, make a magical shield to protect us? And mm-hmm. he's like, join hands. Or to the triad. And, uh, Al, you know, uh, Jefferson says, I'm not magic. And Al says, I got a powder that can turn uh, mosquitoes into bats. Mm-hmm. But if you want to join hands, we can do that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, might as well die holding hands with my best buds. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dean, you know, has freed all the creatures of Insectia. Oh, there's like a, you know, a rainbow unicorn hugging a koala. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the princess says, you know, he's, there's many more things for him to, to many more wrongs for him to write. He goes, that's good, but I think we should make out. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so they start uh, making out and then Falcor, the luck dragon smashes on the ground and says, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Falcor, uh, quote unquote, is actually the nose of the X One, which is you know pierced into the engine room. Uh, uh, yeah. Numb gets uh, uh, jellified against the windshield in the crash. Uh, he does yeah. not believe in seatbelts. Yeah, dead. Um, <laughs> the uh, Byron Orpheus comes out uh, to his musical sing and says, "Magic guy, never flown an experimental jet before." <laughs> um, and Dean, you know, starts talking about his next quest. And uh, they realize, you know, the crazy kid is crazier than usual. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is just them rescuing Dean. Yeah. So the I, Order of the Triad <laughs> got shunted off to, uh, the Order of the Triad and Dean mm-hmm. got shunted off to this long-running B-plot. Yeah. But they did rescue him before the thing crashed and, you know, got obliterated. Yeah. So that's yeah, nice. Good for them. Yeah. Um, outside, the uh, uh, the Sovereign's flagship uh, crashes into the escape cocoon. Knocking both on course and down to the uh, down to the floor of the canyon. Uh, Cremation Creek is an actual place in Arizona. I did not know that. I thought they were just coming up with a fun Western name. No, it's very similar to the terrible secret of Turtle Bay. Hmm. Yeah. You know, they they uh, do that real shit. The Torrid Zone. Yeah. The Torrid Zone. Exactly. Um, the henchmen are in the water. You know, and their wings inflate as life preservers. Twenty one is upset because nobody tells him anything. Mm-hmm. Um. The monarch manages to rescue uh, Dr. Girlfriend, but turns out it's Bowie, and he finds the real Dr. Girlfriend pinned under some uh, rubble of some kind. I, I, I love the monarch's line as he rushes over to her, tell me, tell me you're not paralyzed, because that would be so unfair to both of us. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> thinking about, uh, you know, yeah. having a partner who's paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, it turns out she's not actually hurt, though. She's pinned under Phantom Limb's leg, yeah. uh, which is invisible and is uh, off. Yeah, limb yeah. is gone. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point, the monarch says, looks like I have a new arch enemy. And Bowie says, I wouldn't worry about that. He won't be safe anywhere in the world once I stick my diamond dogs on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, referring to the... Referring to Metal Gear Solid 5. 
Yes. Yeah. The, uh, they're referring to the fact that nobody will tell Kojima something sounds uncool. <laughs> um, you know, reference does not equal cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the he uh, he hugs Doctor Girlfriend, turns into an eagle, not a fucking owl, yep. and flies away. Uh, because at this point, Hank sees like the guy from Labyrinth just turned into a bird. Uh, in Labyrinth, he very clearly turns into an owl. I don't know why they haven't turned into an eagle. Mm. Don't know. Not, not to sound too database. I hope somebody get f- got fired for that blunder, though. <laughs> it's two of the same rib consecutively and clearly <laughs> makes two different tones. Yeah. No. Yeah, um, uh, I'm not making funny. You're the one who's tightened the screw on yourself. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, if I ever get a chance to interview Doc and Jackson. That's, that's going to be all question. about that one decision. Yeah, just their fake yeah. fans, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to ask them about that. And they're going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that would be Doc Hammer would say it that way. And yes. then uh, that's going to be it for me. Then I'm going to turn into a corn cob. And, yep. And then, then you're gone forever. Yeah. And yeah. Shrink into a corn cob. Dead. We get we, we get one little piece of rusty content here. He says, I lost my gold filling during a, during the crash. So we're going to have to hook up the metal detector to the toilet again, which is, uh, which mm-hmm. is fun. Um, mm-hmm. And 21 just cannot accept that the Sovereign recorded station to station. Yeah, 24 says, oh, yeah, and changes one Bowie. I love that album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 24, or 21 rightly calls him out as a poser since that is a greatest hits album. Yeah. Oh, no. Decade is my favorite Neil Young album. Fuck you. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get, like, there are, there are bands that greatest hits work for, mm-hmm. but they're not the kind of bands you should have a favorite album of. Like, right. The Men at Work Greatest Hits fulfills my needs just fine. <laughs> but I'm not going to say that's my favorite Men at Work album. No. Because that's no. a weird thing to say. Um. <laughs> Orpheus walks up. He's like, you know, I saved Dean. You know, the, the boy is safe. Um, Al trips over something uh, and turns out to be one of Phantom Limb's limbs. Uh, and he stashes it with the implication that it's his uh, gigantic fucking horse cock. It's, I mean, uh, it has to be his arm, right? I mean, it is his arm, but I think the joke is that Al is right, going to right. have a fun invisible penis right. to, to play with. And if it's a penis, it's like, you know, it makes a squish like a... <laughs> noise when he squeezes it and it's fucking huge yeah like yeah. logistics it's a, it's nightmare it's a, it's a two-hander yeah, yeah and then it's like draped over that man yeah when you're a kid you you think that it'd be great to have a penis like that and then when you, you become an adult you realize like you know one uh you, you realize like you, you're just got the, got the penis you got uh but two that there would be an absolute logistical nightmare oh yeah you know yeah like I am very, very happy with just having like a regular old Sa- ding dong. Sounds like sour grapes to me, but you do you. It's it, it's not. It's I'm it's <laughs> no, me, I love just... the one you're with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's it does the job and yeah. it's not uh it doesn't require a lot of like prep or like mm-hmm. you know, special wardrobe. <laughs> special wardrobe. <laughs> I like the like, idea that it just stays in its trailer, makes demands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's got a PA. Yeah. It's a coffee yeah. every day. It's like sound. It's a, just a... Sorry. You pulled me out of the pulled me out of the bit. <laughs> Jamming a funnel in the end. Fuck. Yeah. Um, no, no. You just, you just like, you just drape it in and then it just drains mm. it like a straw. Yeah. Oh, it's like one of those big marshmallows uh, that uh, yeah. that Bart's put it, Bart puts into his uh, hot chocolate. Yeah. Carves off a slice. Yeah. No, hopefully not. Oh, I mean, yeah. and, and, and then that's the case. that's the credits. That's the credits gag. Smash. Oh yeah. Smash. 
Yeah, uh, <laughs> Smash uh, Al has uh, you know an arm, but something he's going to use as a penis. Whether it's a penis right, or not. right. Um, we get a long post-credit scene with Dean on top of the X One. Um, Jefferson asks if he's going to be all right, and Brock says he does this all the time. He'll pass out from the cold. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and be brought in. Um, down in the escape cocoon, the monarch and Dr. Girlfriend have been uh, having repeatedly consummating their marriage. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's like, you know, I didn't actually say I do. You know, and he's like, well, you didn't say I don't. Uh, and she says, well, there is one thing I need to tell you. Monarch, I'm... And then it cuts outside the cocoon, and there's like a, a, a scream. Yeah. And then that's it. And then they made people wait two years to find out what it was. Yeah. And it's it's disappointing mm-hmm. when you find out what it was. Like, it's not, uh, you know, so they regret it. I'm not going to hammer on them too much, but it no, is a bummer no. yeah. ending, I think. Yeah. Uh, and that is the showdown at Cremation Creek. You know, we're going to yeah. be setting up this new uh, this new status quo, which mostly has to do with uh, where the monarch and Dr. Girlfriend end up, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of what happens when the monarch cannot arch, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Venture, because he's got to uh, he's, he's got to, you know, follow through on his promise. Right. Yep. Oh. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about season three. It has a bunch of bangers in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my memory of the premiere of season three is thinking that it is, uh, a little too lore heavy yeah. uh, and, and like kind of lacks momentum. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get the doctor is sitting next and they talk about that in the book, how it was difficult to, they were like kind of waiting on each other. Uh, yeah. cause Doc Hammer was writing orb, right? Uh, which is where the show gets its namesake. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, seasons are going to start speeding up too. Eventually, we're we're going to get to the point where they move from thirteen episode seasons to eight episode seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited. Same. The uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to uh, all of the future of this show. Yeah, um, I went and just for fun, I had a joke from it stuck in my head, so I went and watched The Better Man from season four. Oh yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite episodes <laughs> of the show. I, you know, like the portal doesn't work and Dean asked Toronto what was supposed to happen. And she says, I don't know. My mom was supposed to call him and tell him he's a bigger, better kisser. <laughs> um, just really, really good. Oh man. Yeah. So, uh, um, if you would like yeah. to support us, you uh, can go to patreon.com slash duck and you can, um, get episodes one whole week early. So if yeah. you want to, if you want to lord spoilers over uh, over your friends who happen to be free listeners, then you can do that. Yeah, if that, that if that's what turns you on. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, you can also support us uh, by doing that, which is appreciated. Um, if you do not want to financially support us, you can leave us ratings or reviews on Apple Podcast or Podcast Addict or wherever you find podcasts. Um, that would be appreciated. And tell your friends if Please you have Venture Brothers buddies. Uh, let them know like hey there's this like kind of recap podcast of the venture brothers yeah. that's going through all those old episodes and talking about all the references and shit yeah explaining all that bowie and klaus nomi stuff you might not have gotten yeah this counts as course credit and klaus nomi you mm, klaus nomon klaus nomonics <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, until next time go, go team, team venture, venture. <laughs>